Welcome to Life Notes with Sheldon, where we talk about ways to get off the sidelines and back into the game of life as your best you. Thank you for joining me, Sheldon, your host of Life Notes with Sheldon, where we discuss ways to get you off the sidelines and back into the game of life as your best self. You know, today I want to talk to you about something and I don't want to disparage anyone or anything on this show. And full disclosure, this is one of my favorite parts of my whole week. I love being able to come on here and visit with you and talk about things that may help you and that certainly I need to hear and that help me. It, it truly is an honor. And so let me just thank you for tuning in. If Thank you so much for your support. Thank you. And I hope that our words and what we do here is helping you in some aspect, is motivating you in some way to become a little bit better, to do a little bit better, and uh, to be a little bit better. So today I want to share something with you, and it's it's what I really disliked. I hate to use the word hate. There's a reason why it is a four-letter word among the other grotesque four-letter words that I sometimes like to use so well. And and that's it is a reason why. It's, it's, an, it's a nasty thing and nothing good comes from hatred. But a strong dislike, we will say, was of our something that occurred at our local Sam's Club. Now, I would never disparage anyone there. I love Sam's Club and I love the people that work there. We have amazing people. The managers are great. They're attending to needs. And those guys really got hammered during the pandemic. I mean, I don't know. Some maybe liked to enforce the mask mandate. Some didn't, but they had to. And people were mean and nasty to these people. They really were. I sometimes would just apologize in advance when I would go into Sam's Club during the height of the pandemic because they, they got hammered. And you could see it in their faces. You know, they were trying to do the best they could to provide goods and services. And people were just, just really hard. Some people were to them, you know, to the point that some of them ended up in tears. Well, when Sam's Club first came to our humble abode here in Farmington, we were so happy and it was great. And and man, you know, the cheap hot dogs and they had fountain drinks the size of 50 gallon drums. It seems like you had to will them out on a dolly to get them to your car. It was just so cool. And they did have the best single size pizza in town at that time. That's my opinion. But something they did on the way out of the door always troubled me. And, you know, Sam's Club, you'd go and you get your big cart of things. Back then, I used to complain that I couldn't get out of Sam's Club without spending at least $100. And now I can't get out of Sam's Club without spending at least $400, it seems. So I have to limit my trips there due to this inflation thing that's going on that we're experiencing, you know. And the inflation thing, it's it's been good for me. It's been good for me. And you know, my wife, uh, I'll get to the Sam's Club thing if you just bear with me, but on the way today to town, you know, my, my wife, bless her heart, she is an angel woman and any of you who know me know that to be with me for 20 years, it would require such benevolence of an angel woman. But we were driving and she was, uh, you know, putting on her makeup on the way and she was not driving. She was doing it. And uh, she said, uh, oh man, you know, my daughter, so-and-so always steals my makeup. And so I just kind of reframed it in a way that wasn't annoying or accusatory. And I said, isn't it amazing? Isn't it so cool that we have a daughter that is at that stage and is that old? Isn't that cool? And, you know, it was this reframing of things. 
And we kind of discussed about ways we could uh, talk and, and help others improve. And she said, you know, doing things like that, that's awesome. And, and, and so when we go throughout our day, how do we reframe things? You know, inflation is not fun. I mean, no, truthfully, I've never imagined I'd go into the grocery store and think twice about buying an avocado or a tomato. But I'm telling you, even in the produce line, I'm thinking, do I really need that this week? Can I get by on something canned in my pantry? It's, I'm thinking in ways that I have never thought before. Now, my mother, the queen of frugality, was always clipping coupons and blue light special was her special time of the day. And, and, and you know, they lived very frugally, but uh, it, 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 I should have learned more from it. But I'm learning the spirit of frugality and not so much that I want to be cheap. But, you know, it started a few years ago when I realized the massive quantities of food that we were throwing away. We'd go to Sam's Club or the grocery store and think we were stocking up for the whole week and we'd eat out some and do this. And then by the end of a week and a half, we'd be throwing away this massive amount of food. And it got to the point where it just kind of hurt my soul that we were being so incredibly wasteful of this valuable resource that we have and with almost no thought of it. So reframing this inflation, which is annoying and which is troubling and, and which is really debilitating to some I'm giving thanks for it because of what it's teaching me and what I'm becoming because I'm starting to think of things the way that I should have been thinking of them all along. And one of the greatest questions is, do I really need that? Do I need that right now? And that's been so good for me because the things that I want are not always aligned with the things that I need from things as simple as, as groceries. Do I really need that? Do I really need this? And asking myself, what do I need has been a powerful introspection because it's challenged some of the things that I thought that I wanted. You know, we'd gone to California almost like clockwork for the 4th of July, Coronado Island and rode on this bike thing that they do, the circumvent Coronado and, and had a wonderful time. And this year prices were skyrocketed. Not only gas, but Airbnbs were double. And I was considering the massive amount of money that we would have to spend and waste to do it this year. And I asked myself, do I really need this? Is it something I really need? We ended up going to Scottsdale, Arizona. Yes, in the heat, we braved it and we were, and, and we attended a couple of baseball games in that cooled stadium, Chase Field, that magnificent wonder that it is. And we had so much fun at a baseball game with our family. And it was simpler. You know, it wasn't Disneyland. It wasn't one of the amusement parks. It was simpler, but we were all together and we, we enjoyed it. We really enjoyed it. We enjoyed just hanging out at the pool and we found an Airbnb for $95 a night. Beautiful three bedroom, had a community pool that we enjoyed. And you know what? It wasn't the nicest pool. It wasn't like some of those resort pools, but it was big and it just had a deep end and a shallow end and it was simple and we loved it. And we thought, man, we just relaxed there forever and enjoyed family time diving with the kids, throwing toys and trying to catch them, playing tag. And it was simpler. It was much cheaper. And it was better. It really was. We, we remarked on the way home. That was one of the cheapest trips we've ever taken. And it was also one of the very best. And so asking ourselves this, do I need this? Do I need this now has been powerful for me. And it's been an opportunity to become a better steward of what I have. And, and I'm thinking, you know, do I want to allocate these funds for my wants and my frivolous desires? Or do I want to save this for maybe helping someone out or doing something meaningful, helping someone 
go to college a little bit, helping someone with some initial expenses when they first get married, the things that I can do. I'm thinking, what can I do that's good? So back to the page, you know, my wife and I were talking about, uh, we were driving the other day and she told me what she was thinking about. And I told her what I was thinking about. And we were amazed that we were in different universes. You know, we were driving to Albuquerque together and, and mine was totally out in a far off galaxy. And she we just marveled at how, how different that can be. And I kind of joked that, yeah, well, my brain, you know, is like my, like my internet screen. There's, there's 40 tabs open at all times. And so bear with me on that. But I'm getting back to the Sam's Club thing that, that annoyed me. And as you'd go through the realm to the outside there, those double doors, they would come and they would want to look at your receipt and they would want to do a little highlighter check mark thing on it. I remember it because they would write a smiley face on it for my kids and they loved it. Anytime they got the smiley face with the highlighter, totally brightened their day. You know, if you can do something a little quirky or a little crazy in the given part of your everyday thing for someone else, do it. Make them laugh. Be a little crazy. Be a little wild. Be a little freakish. Whatever it is, be a little different because it makes such a difference in someone's day. That little smiley face on that receipt was just magical for my kids. And sometimes they'd like want another one. So she'd give another one for each kid we had when they were young. But what they do is they would check off those things. And what they would say sometimes is what bothered me. And I think this was probably a management decision that was passed down somewhere up above them. But they would say, you know, we just want to make sure that you got everything that you paid for. We just want to make sure that you didn't leave anything behind but let's ask ourselves, a giant retailer like Walmart, what was the real purpose in checking the card? Now, as costs are higher and bottom lines are tighter, <laughs> we see very clearly why they're checking the card. They check it diligently. And if there's one thing missing, I mean, it's, it's pretty intense. You feel like you're scrutinized pretty heavily leaving Sam's Club these days. It was the same reason back then. It was cost. It was reducing theft. And reducing the potential for theft. That was the reason. It wasn't for the customer, I don't believe. It was for the company. And I understand it. I totally understand it. Nobody wants to be stolen from. And no organization can tolerate theft long term and survive. But it was the way it was presented that bothered me. We're doing this for you. When really it was something for them. Now they don't give that disclosure. And I much prefer that because I know what they're doing and I know why they're doing it. They know what they're doing and why they're doing it. It's clear and it's honest and it's sensible. And, you know, I understand it. And I know what to expect when I go there. So I want to just ask, introspect just a little bit ourselves, go into your wise mind and deep self and ask yourself, in what ways are you presenting things? Or in what ways may we be presenting things to others in a way that may not be fully honest? Are we as parents, are we as employers, as we as leaders, are we as whoever it is, as neighbors, are we presenting things in a way that we want to make the other person think that it's for them when really it's for our benefit, when really it's for our increase. We see this in workplaces sometimes. We see this in organizations. We see this in churches. We see it in, in all aspects of life. But the problem with it and the danger within it is the inherent dishonesty. And it's very slight, perhaps imperceptible to some. But honesty, dishonesty particularly, is a bacteria. It's a virus. It's a thing that will spread and will grow. And when it finds a host, it will latch onto. And it's hard to get off. It takes invasive surgery sometimes, invasive procedures. It takes a lot of work. 
So in our lives, you know, think of the Sam's Club process when you leave. Are you being honest with people? Are you trying to frame things in a way that makes them think it's good for them? And sometimes we don't think of what this will do long term, but people are smart. People are intuitive. Call it the still small voice or intuition, whatever you may want to call it. People are very keen on understanding and feeling when they're being bamboozled, when they're being lied to when they're being um, trying to be, you know, a great example of it is, is the car business and other things, the way they mark things is it's always forty nine ninety five or it's twenty nine ninety five. It's never $21 or $41 because it looks better. And it's a psychological thing that sells things. And I understand that. But the problem with, with myself when I was selling, you know, things retail was that that started going into other realms of my life. I was kind of 39.95ing my way in my relationship with my wife, not telling her quite the truth, making it sound a little bit better than it was or a little less expensive than it was to make it sound better. And I realized that that was permeating through other aspects of my life and worked very hard and diligently to try and be a $40 kind of person instead of a 39.95. So as we work with our kids and we work with those around us, we might well ask ourselves, are we being straightforward? Are we being honest with them? Are we being forthright? And I want to share some simple steps that may help us as we look for this path to honesty, because honesty is true freedom. Honesty is the truest source and pathway to freedom that we can find in this life. Because it's so hard to find. It seems like everyone is selling something. Everyone has an ulterior motive, it seems like, for why they're doing things possibly. But when you come across a person who's honest and who's straightforward, maybe even raw about it, it's so refreshing because you feel that and you understand that. And to be able to really understand why someone is doing something is powerful and it can bring connection and meaning. So we can't be honest to others if we're not first honest with ourselves. If we constantly are making up excuses for certain behaviors, then it's high time to accept ourselves for all of our flaws also. But once we can become happy with the person that we are, we can feel absolutely no need to lie. No lead to 39.95 ourselves. If we need to take better care of ourselves to be content in our life, then we need to start doing those things. And it may seem like a total uncorrelation here, but for me in my life, my quality of life, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, cognitively, is very tied to the way I take my daily self-care, particularly food. You know, the computer saying garbage in, garbage out is so true. If I'm putting in garbage food in my life, garbage nutrition, I'm spewing out garbage to those around me. If I'm not working on getting sleep, if I don't get regular exercise in nature, it's not pretty and it's not pretty for those around me. So we got to take care of our bodies and minds in whatever way we can. And this can help us be the real person that we are and begin to accept ourselves. And there's a powerful thing. We can actually start to like ourselves and be proud of the person that we really are. And we don't have to accomplish something for this. We don't have to get a certain degree or a certain status in life to start to like the person that we are. When we start to truly be honest we can begin to appreciate the person that we become. Because just like a friend or a physician or someone that we go to, we want honesty. And when we start to give that with ourselves, we can increase that appreciation for 
and eventual love for ourselves. The first path to honesty. The second step I'd like to challenge us all to do and consider is to change the things that make us lie. Maybe we're lying about something that is in particular or a whole bunch of little small things. If you're lying and smoking and and lying about smoking or drinking too much, for example, no, I didn't drink. No, I'm not smoking anymore. Do your best to change that habit. Do your best to maybe eliminate this habit so you don't have to lie about it. Or do your best to be authentic and realize that maybe you really like this and you're not going to change it. But then that ability to be honest with others and said, yes, I did. And I will but not to lie. Maybe we're not being honest when someone asks our opinion. A little antidote of this, a lady, for example, um, there's a little story. She went to a wedding reception, stayed at this beautiful hotel and was going to a wedding reception of her dear friend. And she brought her six-year-old son along with her. And at the last moment, she realized that she hadn't brought a gift. Now, this hotel had really, really nice boutique soaps and things, almost spa-like. So she gathered some of these things up and really wrapped them up nice and brought them in. And as she gave them to her friend, she said, hey, I found these. I thought you'd really like them. And the friend, oh, how nice. You know how I love soap. You know how I love these things. And the boy says, you didn't find that, mommy. You got that out of the bathroom. (laughs) Imagine the awkwardness there. Imagine the having to cover up. Now, you may think that, well, the friend laughed about this and she laughed, but there was some damage to that trust. There was a little bit of chipping away of that trust factor. And when we lie, we run that risk because eventually we will be found out. And it may be found out from the very moment it escapes our lips. People are keen sensory perception that they have about these things. And then don't strive to be anybody else. One of the main reasons why people are not always honest is because they're constantly trying to be someone that they're not. Having to always impress someone may make you exaggerate on the life you really have. The only person who needs to be genuine, genuinely like you, is you. That's the person you need to be, is who you are. Not who you want to be, not who you hope to be, but be who you are in the moment. This will bring you greater connection. This will increase your relationship with others. And it's scary. It's really scary because to be honest, we have to be vulnerable. We have to be willing to open up some parts of our lives, some parts of our minds and hearts that may have been closed for many years. And in fact, maybe we slammed the door for very good reason. And we have to open that and open others. Now, one other thing I'd like to challenge anyone who may be struggling finding honesty in their life or being able to approach life in an honest way is to possibly go and get help from a friend. If we have a habit of dishonesty or habit of lying, get help in therapy. Find out what's causing us to do this. What are we trying to hide? What are we trying to cover up? Why are we trying to pretend? Why are we trying to be someone else? So open up your heart, open up your mind and be willing. You know, one other example, a friend, for instance, a lady says to her trusted friend, do I look fat in this dress? And the friend not wanting to offend her, you know, sometimes we shouldn't be fully honest, you know, and it can be offensive. We should be careful in the ways and times that we are honest. And her friend not wanting to offend her says, no, you look great in it. Are you kidding? It's slimming. It's great. It's nice. And really it was horrible. 
She didn't look good in it. It wasn't her color. And it didn't make her look fat. So what happens when she goes down the road and she goes to the club or the party, whatever it is, or the event, and she asks her other trusted friend, and her other trusted friend says, no, who told you to wear that? This is awful. Let's go get you changed. So you see where this dishonesty leads to this trap. And it leads to this entanglement where we lose trust with those we love most. Because when they come across someone who will be honest, they start to wonder and think, well, why did that person lie to me? Why did that person I trust feel the need to prevaricate? What did I do that made them feel like they can't be honest with me? And sometimes they can internalize this as something they've done wrong. Why can't my husband be honest with me? Why can't my wife be honest with me? Why can't my best friend be honest with me? What have I done? So it's a tricky path. It's a thorny path. And it's one that we simply have to get out of and eliminate in our life if we want to have open and meaningful relationships. If we want to have progress, if we want to have true understanding and true connection, we simply and assuredly have to be honest with ourselves, honest with those around us, honest in our dealings, and not promote the reason why we do things for benefiting others if it truly isn't altruistic and doesn't benefit them. More often than not, the things that we do are mutually beneficial. And the art of a good deal is that it benefits both parties and both parties leave feeling rewarded and feeling satisfied. That's what a good deal is. A good deal isn't someone scammed you and made the most money off of you and you have no idea. You know, I had a wonderful mentor, a great uncle, became very dear friends with him and gave me my first job when I was 14. I learned so much, got so many uh, opportunities to work and learn. And, you know, I was thinking the other day, he let me uh, haul a lawnmower on a, on a truck trailer. I'd never driven a trailer before. I was 18, 17 years old to Target, get it off to cut the lawn on the riding lawnmower. And I was thinking, man, you know, I'm so glad he gave me that opportunity, believed in me and wanted me to learn and grow. Now that I have a business and have dealt, you know, sometimes with the employees trying to find and get everything done, I realized, you know, his thought process wasn't, I want to give Sheldon growth today and give him a new opportunity. His thought process was, I don't want to do this, but I really need to get it done. Who can I use? And someone pointed that out to me once rather rudely. And they said, you know, he's just using you, right? You know, he this, this. Well, you know what? If we're using someone in a way that's mutually beneficial, it's not using, it's life. It's the art of a true deal. It's what we do. And so in our relations, in our interactions, in our jobs, in the things that we do, let's make sure that our agreements, that our deals, that the things that we conjure up and that the things that we do are a mutually beneficial type of deal and not one that we're just promoting as solely benefiting the other. And if it's truly not benefiting the other, let's not try and promote it as something we're doing for the customer to make sure they get everything that they paid for. But rather, let's be honest about it. Because most people can take honesty. What hurts and what causes pain, sometimes deep pain, is dishonesty. So folks, as you fill up your shopping cart, wherever you may be, go forward with honesty this week. And find three ways to be more honest with yourself, with those around you this week. Challenge yourself. I'm going to be more honest. I'm going to be more upfront. And I believe you will find 
something magical in the power of honesty in our relationships and in our day-to-day living. You have been listening to Life Notes with Sheldon. Listen every week for a brand new note on life. We hope that we have given you a way to get off the sidelines and back into the game of life as your best you.